Memorial Care Health System, Excellence in Healthcare, presents Weekly Dose of Wellness. Here's your host, Deborah Howell. Welcome to the show. I am Deborah Howell, and today we'll be talking about the pros and cons of some of the most popular diet and fitness plans. Our guest is Dr. Alan J. Viglioni, an internal medicine physician at Orange Coast Memorial Medical Center and Edinger Medical Group. Welcome, Dr. Viglioni. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Our pleasure. So, of course, what we eat is essential to a healthy lifestyle, and there are a lot, a lot, a lot of diets out there. Both the Atkins diet and the Paleo diet have been really popular in recent years. What are some of the pros and cons of each of these diets? Well, you know, first off, um, the key to any diet regimen is to find the one that works find the one that works for your body and find the one that actually makes you feel better. Um, the purpose of any diet routine uh, is to optimize your health from the inside out, right? And ideally manifest that in terms of weight loss, improved fitness, uh, et cetera. Um, so Atkins and Paleo uh, are both very popular. They're very, very different, um, but they're only two examples. So uh, so my credence, so, you know, if neither of them um, work for you, then try something else. Or better yet, focus on long-term wellness, reduce calories, happiness. Um, I really do think happy people look better. Put me in that too. But um, uh, so Atkins was developed by Dr. Atkins. He's a cardiologist at a Coriolan Med in New York City. Um, you know, this really was ground zero for the health fad diet, which uh, actually dates back to the 60s, uh, really came to the public eye maybe in the late 80s and 90s. But uh, the premise is that carbs are bad. They're the root cause of many of life's evils, um, ranging from hunger to obesity to insulin resistance uh, to uh, over diabetes. Um, for anybody that's done it, it's, uh, it's uh, a little complicated. There's there's an induction phase, which nearly cuts out carbohydrates. We're talking limiting them to about 5% of your total calories. Um, and that loosens a little bit up to about 20 and what's called the maintenance phase. Um, but, you know, compare that to the prior food pyramid, which had carbs at the base of the pyramid, nearly 50%. Yeah. Um, so clearly Atkins had something right with his new nutritional guidelines suggesting that complex carbs be limited um, and uh, simple sweets uh, only on rare occasions. They're up on the top of the pyramid. So, you know, the science is actually really interesting for Atkins. It's loosely verified by scientific credo. Uh, you limit your carbs, you decrease your glycogen, you induce ketosis, suppress your appetite, eat less, lose weight, and, you know, live happily ever after. Um, and certain body composition studies, um, small studies, support that you actually can lose fat at about six months, um, but no change that I've ever read has happened after 12. So, okay. you know, long-term studies are uh, absolutely needed, um, not only for fat loss, but for health and wellness, cardiovascular outcomes, etc. Um, and to be honest with you, you know, this buzzword ketosis, which is paramount in Atkins, is not a favorable word, um, you know, here at Orange Coast or uh, in the medical community. Um, starvation mode creates an acidic environment, alters your physiology, puts strain in your heart, increases your respiratory rate, et cetera, et cetera. Um, plus, uh, I will say that Atkins um, recommends limitations even in fruits and vegetables, which have quite a bit of support for long-term wellness. Right, um, right. I, yeah, I personally think Atkins has good points and worrisome points, uh, but uh, more, more credence has to, be, uh, has to be placed on long-term wellness. And I, I just don't think it's there. Sure. And what about the paleo diet? So, you know, the paleo diet is interesting. It's quite a bit newer. It's, it's definitely louder, I will say, quote, in the nutritional community. Um, it's, it's obviously short for paleolithic diet, with the premise being, um, you know, if your early stone throwers did it, then you probably should too. Um, and if they didn't do it, you shouldn't. Um, the idea is also that evolution, human evolution peaked at about 10,000 years ago, and we're not equipped either, you know, physically or chemically to handle certain foods that were introduced after. Um, so process anything 
um, including dairy grains, they're out. Uh, meats, fruits, vegetables, they're okay. Um, and this is interesting. So, you know, a whole bunch of small cohort studies, crossover studies, observational studies um, show fantastic endpoints. So, satiety, body weight, waist circumference, blood pressure, um, cholesterol numbers, inflammatory markers, fancy ones like ESR, CRP, yada, yada, yada. But the, the long study that I've ever read, and I've done quite a bit of research into this, was two years follow-up. So that's way too short to claim causation. And um, when I say loud when it comes to this diet, you know, you hear things on 2 a.m. infomercials about cures for autism and dementia and PCOS, um, and that's just not true. Yeah. So, um, but with that said, I like aspects of this too. Um, it's an emergent topic. Um, it, it kind of uh, um, progresses into this plant-based diet, um, which has a little bit more support, I would say. And uh, that's kind of the newer fad. Um, that's actually supported by a whole bunch of cardiologists, um, you know, that'll actually do angiograms and, uh, and, and certain studies to show reversal of heart disease when you're eating certain foods. Um, but, you know, the point being that both of these diets that we talked about have pros and cons, but much, much, much more research has to be done before we put all of our eggs in any one nutritional basket. Sure. So what do you personally recommend now to your patients when it comes to following a sensible and balanced diet as a way of life? Well, I say keep it as simple as possible. Um, yeah. So I stress uh, that there's no magic to diet. If it's not getting the results you're looking for, you know, first redefine what you're looking for and then tweak a couple of the parameters in the equation. So first and foremost, unless you're Zach Efron or whoever is training for your next ab roll in a movie, please don't, please don't count your calories. Keep it simple. Um, I tell my patients to figure what your steady state is, what you are, drop 300 or so calories from that a day, and, you know, that can even be just cut out that cannoli after dinner, and you'll lose about a pound a week. A little bit yeah. of a simplification. Um, if, you, uh, if you don't, then you've got to consider the types of calories you're taking in. And the time of the day matters. I tell this to my patients, shovel in calories before you go to bed. It's very different than 7 o'clock in the morning. Um, add exercise. Uh, you'll tackle both ends of the input and the output sides of that equation. Um, but, you know, honestly, most importantly, uh, consider a paradigm shift. Our goal, my goal, your goal is to um, uh, facilitate health and wellness, not water weight, crash diet, beachwear, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, you know, we all know that diets don't necessarily work for every person the same way. So how should you go about choosing what might work best for your body and your lifestyle? Exactly. So no one learn your body. Define your goals. If it doesn't work, try it. Try something else. So don't get frustrated. Just try something new. Um, I really do think that um, you need to set small, defined, attainable goals like one pound a week, as I mentioned, or train for 3K if you want to use training parameters as sort of an endpoint. Um, wellness is a game of de delayed gratification. You're not going to go anywhere uh, with a two-day crash diet. Um, and I also tell my patients that diet and exercise are synergistic. There's positive feedback there. They feed off each other, and if you do one, you're going to want to do the other. You've touched on fitness a couple times. So what fitness regimens have you seen gain popularity in recent years? Oh, goodness, lots. Um, so CrossFit, TRX, Pilates, boxing, kickboxing. Jiu-Jitsu, MMA, um, they're all more popular than ever. And some of it's regional. Um, I grew up in the East Coast, and um, MMA and, and those sorts of fight engines weren't nearly as popular. I tried the TRX. It's pretty good. I have it right here. I kind of yeah? like it. Good yeah, good for you. Yeah, it's, it's just so easy on the joints, and you can do it in mm -hmm. five minutes and feel like you've done something. Absolutely. Now, it's been said that incorporating weights into your workout can be more effective than a cardio workout for burning fat. So what do you recommend to your patients who want to burn fat and gain muscle? Yes, yes. So um, so oxygen debt, basal metabolic rate, they go up with combining, um, when you combine the two, when you combine cardio and weight. Um, you'll actually burn fat throughout the day. Um, that's, that's sort of a, a, a known claim. 
Um, if you're looking at that funny fat-burning picture on the treadmill and feel confused, you probably should be. Um, <laughs> I kind of find it silly when you're on a treadmill and you're, you're going too fast and you're not in the fat-burning zone, so you try to slow down. Um, I think it's silly. You lose fat when you burn calories with safe intensity, interval training, circuit training, muscle confusion. So, you know, very simply, do what you love, mix it up, and keep your heart rate up. There you Even go. Get if outside if you can. I'm sorry? And get outside if you can. Oh, absolutely. You know, if, if you find your passion, you're going to stick with it. Um, and do what you like. I mean, I have, I have friends that love to do bodybuilding, and you can easily turn that, transform that into a heart-healthy um, routine by keeping your heart rate up. Drop sets, super sets. Um, do something in between. Don't just sit yeah. there for three minutes in between your sets. And this is always a good question, too. I'd, I'd, I'd like your opinion on it. How much exercise do we really need every week to maintain our weight and our health? Well, you know, the CDC says five days a week of cardio, um, two to three days of weight training. I really think everybody's different. Um, maintaining muscle mass, I'd say maybe three days a week, um, but you absolutely shouldn't cherry-pick muscle groups. Um, they all have to be represented, um, even legs. Um, for cardio, the magic number seems to be 150 minutes a week. That okay. sounds daunting, but you can break that up however you want. Sure. Um, and that includes a few minutes here and there on the stairs at work. Um, but everybody's different. Um Personally, I either gain or lose. Maintaining is a, is a challenge. Uh, it's a challenging word for me, but um, I have friends who maintain ultra-marathon-level fitness, um, and uh, and they just go through life. It's a way of life. Um, just don't forget um, that you are in it for the long term. So set your goals accordingly. Okay, sounds good. And I have a final question for you, doctor. What should we do first to get started with eating better and getting fit? <laughs> well, number one, I say to make a plan. Um, you're more yeah. likely to stick with it. I think organization is key. I think it's paramount. Figure realistic goals. Maybe find a friend so you can motivate each other. Um, and like we were saying the whole time, keep it simple, keep it obtainable, and keep it fun. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Bigliani. We're going to go out and try to do that today and every day. <laughs> we love that you are here, and we appreciate your time and your expertise. Anytime. Thank you so much for having me. For more info or to listen to a podcast of this show, please visit memorialcare.org. That's memorialcare.org. That's all for this time. I'm Deborah Howell. Have yourself a terrific day.